Welcome everybody to episode 76 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes and then some. <laughs> <laughs> you should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, or you can send us Hello. email at at two on three pod.com you know how much we love to hear from you i am chris and i'm enjoying the cool comfort of my air-conditioned office this evening and you can find me at cd villa senor and ty how 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 comfortable are we've you we've done this bit before the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot box up here all right it is hot uh it i'm rocking the sleeveless yes. <laughs> You got to work on that deltoid uh, deltoid definition a little bit. Yeah, I'm you know, maybe, old. And maybe fat. some flies. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yes, it is. It is hot as balls today in uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, anyway, glad I have some AC. Good for you. <laughs> we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it lean tonight because Ty is off to uh, different uh, to sunnier climb. I, I can't imagine it's sunnier climbs, but it's more exciting gonna go check out the uh, our nation's uh, golf open yes i'm this week fortunate enough to be traveling down to monterey to attend the uh, friday round of the u.s open and gonna do well play a lot of golf as well in the area so excited to check that out it's actually yeah it's only supposed to be like 65 degrees max that's the perfect father's day gift is i get to leave <laughs> it's I'm not a bad one i'm the fa- i'm the father and i'm beating that da- i'm beating yeah, goodbye i'm, I'm, I'm out of here, be here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tonight's show, uh, we're going to celebrate a Keanu moment. We're going to go into heroes and villains, or villains and heroes. And we're going to dive into the uh, some video game conspiracy theories. So get on your tinfoil hat and uh, get ready for that. In the OT, we'll just uh, we'll sweep up a little bit of what mess we made on Twitter about um, the U.S. women's national team. Sure. I had a question. And, of course, Dad Jokes of the Week. I had a question for you before we get started real quick. You bet. Only because I'd never heard anyone speak this way. So I was, without being in, without going into too many specifics, I was in a situation where the only person I know in my life who's like an avid Fox News watcher and is definitely a, a Trump voter, and he's not like an abrasive person. It's weird. So it's it's... It's an odd, it's an odd marriage there. But uh, without getting too far into that, there was a scenario where he was updating a spreadsheet, and it was a dependent formula spreadsheet, and he entered one number in the form, in the form, expecting the formula to update, and then said, "Let's see if this works." You know how I feel about publicly acknowledging your inability to feel confident using a computer as it is, but <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> he says, "Let's see if this works." He updates the form. The values obviously changed, and what he said was feels like it did and i was just sort of like that's interesting i don't think i've ever thought about math as, as something that i need to feel a certain way about <laughs> feels feels like it worked yeah. well oh you know in his defense as he's looking at it when you update the you update the value it changes the end value sure. so it seems like it works so before you can verify that the math is correct at least it updated. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, so, so in that way, yeah, seemed like it worked. It was a weird, just an odd choice of words, and I'm certainly uh, uh, me tying it back to his feels, political feels like his political preferences. Uh, that, that just says nothing about my own internal biases. <laughs> anyway, feels like it I, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> it's 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 
it's that step before it becomes actual science. <laughs> like you do some shit and it's like black box and it comes out the other end. It's like, oh, it's different. Yeah. So, hey, feels like it worked. Yeah, but you're, you're not inventing not math. <laughs> no, but <laughs> you also haven't verified your output either. So that's, the, that's where the science comes in, right? I think I there's a lot I of people who this. probably had hypotheses. Like you had an hypothesis and you said, oh, okay, I, I did this and I got a different, I got an outcome. And I don't know. It's kind of the outcome I was thinking. So it kind of feels like it worked. I don't know. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's the precursor to science is, is something happened. I observed something happening. I, again, I, I, I take to... your point, but this wasn't an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a, there was a finite condition. One of the variables in that finite condition changed and the output change is not a surprise. <laughs> Got it. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's well let's jump in. Let's just jump into the first segment because we always love to 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 celebrate our favorite actors and no one right now is having a moment like Keanu Reeves is having a moment. I mean, for some odd reason, I mean, right it just seems like since John Wick three dropped, it's been all Keanu all the time. He's really for about for about two months. It's been it's full full on. Keanu. I think since John Wick one came out, like he's just yeah. he's been an omnipresent internet personality in a, in it like not on purpose. That's what makes it so great is that he just he's doing the it's sort of a like a. I don't want to, it's not proto, but uh, like a, not a funny, like a serious Bill, Mur- Bill, Bill Murray thing where he just keeps popping up being like morose. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're like, yeah, he's, he's eating lunch by himself on a bench right. or he's, he's stranded in Sacramento with a bunch of other people on an airplane that had to land there. And, you know, he doesn't, you know, he just. He's just sort of around. Did, people like, oh, they're killing. Did you see the run of photos that got posted where somebody had gathered up a bunch of posted pictures he had taken with fans, and he, you know he's got his arm around their waist, but he's got his hand wide open and visible all the time. So on, the, yes, he's not touching yes. them. <laughs> the post is like Keanu ain't taking no chances. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he is smart, and then he what? Then he said something. He said something very wise on uh, Stephen Colbert's show not too long ago about. You know what happens to you after you die, and he says, "He says, well, the only thing I know is that the people who love you will miss you." And then, of course, of course, Stephen Colbert was like, "Okay, that's the perfect thing to say." You know what I mean? He's like, "Thank you, Keanu. Oh, wise Keanu." <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not entirely. Bi- I enjoy Keanu Reeves. Let's, don't get me wrong; he's one of my favorite actors, and you know, I've certainly grown up with Keanu. So, um, I put him in sort of the same class as. Tom Cruise in in my he's, he's he's just like Tom Cruise he is always himself. Okay. He's always some form of Keanu as Tom Cruise is. They have a very physical aspect to it. I think I think I think uh Keanu hasn't done maybe as serious stuff as you know, cel- his his serious stuff isn't as celebrated as Tom Cruise's is, but I think they have very sim- they make very similar choices in the kind of things they take. They they definitely are they're definitely they definitely prefer an action bent to their to their choices. Like oh, if if, if there's action involved, I'm maybe a little more interested. And uh, and so I think they're they're very and they're all they're very similar age. So it's kind of a it's for some odd reason in my mind they have a very 
They have a very similar. They have a very similar career. That seemed like a weird take when you started it, but I, I really about halfway through jumped on board with you and, and bought into your, your your line of thinking there. The only thing I will take issue with, and I think the reason maybe I've never connected the two of them, is that Keanu does seem to have the ability to act like a human being person, and <laughs> Tom Cruise yes. not as much. Well, yeah, I mean, when they, yes, Tom Tom tends to be tends to skew toward the I'm a bit of a robot. Yeah. And then Keanu likes to skew toward I'm a doofus. Well, my assumption with Cruz is that he's been elevated to beyond post-human status by Xenu. So he probably isn't an actual <laughs> human being. So he really is yeah. acting. Uh, I don't know what, and I don't know what dark forces Keanu's cut deals with. So Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we came across a list of Keanu, favorite Keanu movies, the top, the top I don't know, 15 of them. Our favorite thing is subjective and ranking to pick apart. Subjective ranking. Yeah. <laughs> we do love to do this. <laughs> I like work. I do like working from a list because it's, uh, it's important. Well, but someone's got to uh, produce the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, we leave it to the internet to do it. The, um, but uh, the, uh, it, it leads off with the replacements at 15. Um, the replacements is, there are some good performances in the replacements and it's they're better than they should be. Like, I don't think as a movie entirely, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a great movie, but for some odd reason, like Hackman's really good in it and Keanu's really good in it. And everybody who has a more than like a half dozen speaking lines is pretty good in yeah. it. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a it's a funny thing, but I'm glad it showed up on this list. I, I love the replacements. Um, it makes me want to watch it every time somebody talks about it. Remember when Brooke Langton was a thing for like ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like Favreau's in it, right? We get Orlando Jones coming yeah. right off, makes seven up yours, like a perfect timing. Oh yeah, yeah. When Orlando Jones was actually funny, I don't know. It, he he kind of didn't want to do comedy anymore for some odd reason. I feel like I, I still know, say but... he's wiry when I'm talking about somebody. Like we're talking about the <laughs> Nigel Gruff, the kicker, right? Played by uh, the immortal Reese Evans. Right. Uh, and but, then my yeah, other favorite uh, part about sorry about the replacements is um, the guy who is the criminal, uh, Ray Smith, <laughs> played by Michael Jace, now actually in prison. <laughs> well, in life, life. Imi- life imitating life imitating art. It's not a bad deal. But that's not about Keanu. You know, it's the. Uh, that's not really about Keanu, but this is Keanu's. Uh, this is the. Uh, this is his lesser um, foray into the quarterbacking genre. <laughs> Are you calling Johnny Utah him playing a quarterback? Is that where we're going with this? Yes. Is, is it not? <laughs> I mean, it, I. I'll, I'll make. I'll. I'll hear the argument either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. Um, the. Uh, I'll just skip down the list here um, to the next one. That so. Parenthood is a very funny, uh, a very funny movie to make this list. He's not in it very much. He's fantastic in it, though. But every, but every second he's in it, he's awesome. Yeah, I would actually like to only yeah. watch those scenes. I don't really want to watch that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that I don't know. I I don't think I could sit through that movie right now. So I said, hey, I'll give you a ten bucks to sit through uh, Parenthood. I'd be like, eh, pass. Isn't there a whole show? Are those the, 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 those properties related in any way? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, the Parenthood TV yeah. show is yeah is um is a yes is an offshoot of it's just a whatever. Okay, it is just what it is. Wasn't there a, another um, Parenthood show before that was based on the movie? 
Am I imagining that? Like I right after that, I want to say like in like that movie came out what 1990, 89? Something. Anyway, I, I keep anyway. sidetracking us. We're supposed to be talking about Keanu, and I'm like, what about the Parenthood show? What about? Yes, okay, that? there was a 1990 Parenthood show with Egg Bigley Jr. and Jane Atkinson. Who who uh, knew? I don't know. Whatever. All right, <laughs> moving on. Here's a here's a movie that shouldn't be on here, and it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. It should not be on this list. It should not be. On, it should no by in no way be on this list. It is. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Sorry, I want it to be good, but it's not good. So we'll move on. Oldman's awesome, but everything everything else is just just a mess. It's pretty bad. Every other Matrix movie should not be on here. Well, I don't know if you can get to fifteen great Keanu movies without the Matrix. <laughs> maybe this maybe this list should be ten. Maybe. Maybe they should have added. Maybe they should add a walk in the clouds because I kind of <laughs> like that. I kind of like that movie. But but yeah, no other Matrix movie should be on here. So I love it. Devil's Advocate. Now this movie's just patently ridiculous. Yeah, but it's great. And it's it's only great. I mean, I would watch the. It's basically Scent of a Woman again in a weird way. They said, "Hey, hey, uh, Al, can you just do Scent of a Woman again, and then we'll just make you like a dev- the devil." And he'd be like, okay, how much does it pay? And he'd be like, all right, great, I'll do it. It's a perfect 1997 movie. Like, I mean, that's the, this is the same era that's giving us, you know, Con Air and Face Off. And, I mean, it's just, it's it fits right into that mold. It's just not an action movie. It's like a really weird popcorn thriller. Yeah, but let's 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 be honest. What's, what's worse? Costner's English accent in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Or Keanu's southern accent in this particular film. I mean, they both seem to, they both seem to ease. <laughs> gives up on it. They both they both seem to ease in and out of the the accent. The accent kind of comes and it kind of goes. It kind of comes and it kind of goes. I don't even remember that Keanu has an accent in this movie. I just I think I just thought he was talking weird. Like it's like some weird <laughs> Tom Hardy choice, where he's like, "I'm going to do a weird voice for this character." No, he's supposed to be from the south, and it's. It's not. It's not great. Al Pacino is great, and this is a great movie, perhaps that Keanu was in. But this is not a great Keanu movie. <laughs> I think. But you know, he's in it with Charlize Theron, which made me think, as I was looking through this, that wouldn't Keanu have been an excellent Mad Max? Wouldn't if Keanu was in Fury Road? Wouldn't he have just been awesome? Like, give him a buzz cut. It's like speed again, but it's give him a buzz cut back with Charlize. They would have been awesome in Fury Road. Uh, yeah, it probably would have been easier to work with him than the the hell that I heard Tom Hardy put everybody through to make that yeah, movie. Yeah, Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy's overrated. Let's be clear, super overrated. This. I think we've talked about this before. He's always like I just said, they, he's always doing some weird shit. Like he's he's ruining your movie actively while he's in it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's no good. Anyway, um, let's see. Again, John Wick Chapter 2 is at 9. Constantine's not a good movie. No, it shouldn't be on this list. It shouldn't be on this list. Um, Question for you. Is Constantine better or worse than End of Days? That Arnold Schwarzenegger devil returning movie. Man, it's it's like a a race to the bottom here. I think Constantine's better, but it is close. It's... This is difficult. (laughs) Does the... um, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm still considering okay. it. Well, let's just move on. So as we wrap this segment up, what I want to know from you is, do you have a favorite Keanu movie? My favorite 
Keanu movie, if if pressed, I would probably have to say it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. I think that uh, it's just one of those kinds of it's it's a it has just a special place in my in my heart for it. But anyway, that's the you know that being what it is. How about you? I actually agree with the author. My favorite Keanu movie is Speed. It. Yeah. I was the exact right age when it came out. We've talked about Speed. I feel like hundred times on the podcast we've only done 75 <laughs> episodes but it's come up like a dozen times it's just there's so many things i love about it I, I i still quote it to this day um i think it's keanu at his most uh sort of what's the word i'm Keanu-y. looking for wait no keanu <laughs> there's some different, action-y yeah there's some different things he's doing I, I well i've never really at this to this point you never think of keanu as a badass right and at, after watching mm-hmm. this movie i was like i want to be that guy <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So he, this is sort of a it's sort of the next step beyond Point Break, right? Yeah. He's got the he's clean cut. He's 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 physical. He's sort of worked out, and yeah, and he's and I get that. Yeah, in Point Break, so, it's more of a pressed into action situation. In this situation, it's like I'll do whatever it takes. Got it. Yeah, and also I love All the right. fact so, that Speed has three endings. Like it just keeps going. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> going yeah. and going and going. All right. So here, let's wrap up the, the Keanu segment with this. If you had to watch a Keanu co-star double feature, would you rather watch Speed and The Lake House for a Sandra Bullock double feature or Chain Reaction and Constantine for a Rachel Weiss double Keanu Rachel Weiss double feature? Uh, I would watch Speed and The Lake House because I kind of like The Lake House. <laughs> It's a weird movie, but I kind of enjoyed watching it the first time. I don't, haven't watched it again since, but I remember going, huh, I didn't hate that. Yeah, so there's a weird time travel thing happening here, and I don't really get it, but okay. Fine. Yeah, whereas Chain Reaction is a tough watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Anyway, but I know how much you love Rachel Weisz, so I thought I'd float that. It's true. Anyway. Tough choice. All right. <laughs> In our next segment, we're going to talk about movie heroes and villains. And sometimes the hero of the movie is actually the villain. If from a certain perspective. This is the whole Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. I could have told you Darth Vader was your dad, but eh. Right. That's all. You know, whole- but from a certain perspective. Yes. Darth Vader killed your dad from a certain perspective. Anyway. <laughs> well, you get to question his motivations. That's, that's what, what it comes down to. Well, what brought but me to that's, this? That's, well, well, that's the well before okay. before you know, just because I just because I laid it out. My first get, my first nomination is going to be Obi Wan fucking Kenobi. But okay. go ahead and j- jump no, in. No, no, no. Tell me about Obi Wan Kenobi more. Listen, Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda have have all the information, right? They know that uh, ostensibly they know that. <laughs> Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. They've hidden Luke away. They've protected Luke. And then they're just going to what? Push him into this? Like, and not tell him anything? And I don't know. Once it became apparent there was no other choice, it seems like there was some pretty obvious choices to make on getting this guy up to speed. (laughs) This goes along with my bad parenting and like Frozen. Like, okay, your child has powers. It's time for you to step in and and like help her deal with it, not just turn her out and hope, hope she can bury it. Right, yeah, and then you just unexpectedly die, and now she has to deal with superpowers on her own. I mean, nobody, nobody wants this, and it's the same thing with Star Wars. Yoda and Obi Wan could have just, I don't know, trained Luke. I mean, what they could have just raised him on Dagobah together, 
like could have co-parented him. <laughs> I mean, this is he could have had two dads. I mean, it would have been fine, right? They could have. You could still, and then you could tell him that oh, we hid your sister away on Alderaan. Now, now, so don't now you don't have to accidentally almost make out with her. <laughs> I mean, this is this is not difficult. So, Obi Wan and Yoda. So now I want a sitcom, Jedi Two Dads. <laughs> where it's a Starring comedy Paul Reiser and Greg Evigan actually <laughs> yeah, get to in, play the but, Jedi dads yeah and one of them is dressed up like Yoda <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah that would be time. Paul Reiser Paul Paul Reiser would actually have to be the uh, and like Darth Vader is like the, the principal the of the school like the teacher right. that's always giving Luke a hard time <laughs> <laughs> exactly that right, works see, I'm full of ideas Hollywood give me a call right well, All the right, one that I got? brought up, and this is actually apropos since I'm going to the tournament this weekend, golf-related. So let's talk about Happy Gilmore for a moment. <laughs> and <laughs> and let's have some empathy for Sheer McGavin. Now, clearly a prick, but in the way that lots of people are pricks. Maybe the way Matt Kuchar is secretly a prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not secret. Oh, that's not secret anymore. <laughs> so what did Shooter actually do, right? Like, what did he do to deserve the ire of, of everyone, basically, in the town? <laughs> Or, or apparently around the country, because, you know, the tour is a tour. It goes around. I don't, they were really... Sure. W- yeah, they were really within driving distance of Happy's grandma's house quite a bit, it seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of events in the South in this uh, particular... Uh, I don't know. Whatever. So, Shooter, Shooter acts like a douche. Um, he very logically and rightfully objects that happy hasn't earned his place on the tour that he fights that he swears on the tv uh that he that he incites the fans um all things Mm -hmm. that aren't really welcome in the golf world shooter does two villainous things right he buys uh happy's grandma's house but sure that's also part partly happy's problem because he never bothered to learn like what was going to happen about you know with the house like he didn't know what was going on he got surprised he wasn't ready for that he then pays the the sizzler guy to distract happy but that's what happy's been doing to shooter the entire time is getting these people Uh to harass him and that's it and at the end he gets mad freaks out and steals the jacket and he's run down and beaten by a mob (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he's the bad guy yeah i mean because he's been out there promoting the tour and being a good uh, you know a good tour member and winning tournaments and working hard at his craft this <laughs> this is true this fall there's a lot of there's a lot this this particular um model can be applied to several other movies like first the karate sure. kid being the one yes being the barney stinson the whole how i met your brother barney stinson thing that how he how the karate kid like he loves the karate kid except he doesn't think macho is actually the karate kid it's actually johnny lawrence which is wonderfully explored in you know cobra kai on youtube if you guys haven't watched it, it it's pretty awesome um it's, but it's completely I'll get true to it eventually the um but it's funny because the same thing happens in top gun like Tom Cruise. I mean, he doesn't belong there. That's Cougar's spot. Cougar, <laughs> he didn't earn that spot. He slid into it, and then he goes in there, and he's like a complete prick. He just completely, he completely just, you know, stirs the drink with his dick, and and screws up the whole thing. Almost gets everybody thrown out. The program's almost a mess. He gets his best friend killed. I mean, it's just. <laughs> a, I mean, Maverick is a is a disaster. Let's be clear. He's he's. He's as much, 
a Happy Gilmore character and a and a and a uh, and a Ralph Macchio character as anybody. And I mean, are we just supposed to be on board with it because he clearly got some sort of a raw deal from command because of his dad's weird reputation? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You couldn't get into the academy because you're uh, Duke Mitchell's kid. Whatever. Right. My, I'm supposed to fa- feel bad for him. I uh, know. I don't. No. One of my favorites was that Rose in Titanic is actually the villain. She ruins everyone's <laughs> lives that she comes into contact with. <laughs> she specifically promised not to let Jack go and then does so. Well, he is frozen and dead. Well, she didn't. There's room on that door. I don't. Let's not get into this. But I also like the end that she forces a bunch of people on a boat, listen to her endless meandering story before she tosses the diamond they're out there in the ocean looking for and then dies on their boat. <laughs> I know you've spent probably millions of dollars looking for this diamond, and I have it, but I'm not going to tell yeah, you, and I'm going to throw it off the edge of the boat. And <laughs> Yes. Asshole. She, that's a, that is an asshole move, for sure. No question about it. But she did get drawn like one of her French girls. So let's let's be clear about how I feel about Rose. She makes up for it with with gratuitous nudity. So. Well, without Rose, Jack probably survives, right? I mean, he has a survivor. He oh, no, Jack, out. No, no, Jack would have. Yeah, he'd been fine. <laughs> he's he's totally fine. He lives a happy life. They all live a happy life without Rose. You know who else is a? You know who else is a biggest one of the biggest movie villains ever? Is Ferris fucking Bueller. Okay. Ferris Ferris Bueller, he decides to skip. He skips school. He totally like pulls Cameron into this. Cameron has no, you know, Cameron's just a normal kid. He just wants to get through high school, but yet Ferris is like yanking him around. They steal his dad's car. They, you know, they run around town wantonly breaking the law. They ruin Ed Rooney's, you know, educate career in education. Uh, <laughs> might be a bridge too far to get to get on board for me to have sympathy and, for Root, and he's a complete asshole to his sister who completely just is working hard and playing by the rules and gets hosed over this whole movie just because she's a woman and she's then, the shooter McGavin of Ferris Bueller yeah and then she and then she bails his ass out and he hardly even says thank you to her so F you he's an entitled Bueller. little shit he, if we want to talk about entitlement culture, <laughs> Ferris Bueller. Everybody needs to inspect this much more closely um, before they uh, before they before they uh, before they hop on that bandwagon too hard. One that I was reminded of recently um, because we just watched it again with kids is uh, in Harry Potter, and I and forgive me for not remembering which movie specifically it is, but there is that end scene where Dumbledore is talking about the 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 cup that the hogwarts cup you know the house gets awarded at the end of uh-huh, every year the house cup yeah yeah it announces all the like here's the score as the slytherin kids are celebrating and then he just arbitrarily starts throwing out points to yeah. like his and and good job harry potter for going down and killing the basilisk 200 points gryffindor fuck you slytherin <laughs> yeah, that's totally right? I, mean, I, I you're gonna file arbitration about that one. I'll tell you what. That's oh our cut. Oh my god, that's that's <laughs> ridiculous. The you know what's also funny is that Dumbledore also also f- suffers from the Obi Wan Kenobi Yoda problem, which is to say, he knows that the only way that Harry Potter is going to can defeat Voldemort is he's going to have to die. Uh-huh. Like, you know, um, Dumbledore knows that. Harry is the last, um, <clears throat> what do they call those things? The last... Horcrux. Horcrux. 
And so he knows this the whole time. And he completely puts him in harm's way again and again and again. Simply because Voldemort wants to defeat, or Dumbledore wants to defeat Voldemort. So he keeps dangling Harry out on uh, out on thin wires. I think that Harry's to, a fairly, a, that seems like a reasonable sacrifice. He's just one shitty kid. <laughs> <laughs> he just, let's just send him up to die. Oh, and let me let me wrap up this segment. I have one more too. I want to touch on Glenda the Good Witch and no. uh, oh man, Glenda the Good Witch and in Wizard of Oz is a real piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, she sets up Dorothy so bad, and Dorothy falls for it. Like so, first Glenda drops the house on the Wicked Witch of the East, and then puts the slippers onto Dorothy, so that the Wicked Witch of the West will get a mean on for her. No, and then she ends up killing the Wicked Witch of the West and pretty much, you know, the Wizard of Oz, sending the Wizard of Oz back to Kansas, leaving leaving, leaving Glenda to rule over Oz with an iron fist. And then she sends, she sends Dorothy back to Kansas and convinces her the whole thing's a dream. <laughs> it's all the dream. Just, you gotta thanks, for doing, thanks for Do doing my bidding. Yeah. yeah. Also, Glenda, you couldn't just get a hose? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, the last one I want to touch on is really, it's not even the heroine hero thing. Uh, it's more just that The Little Mermaid is a terrible movie and you shouldn't let girls watch it because it, it teaches full of just horrid lessons. Like Ariel's terrible, <laughs> right? She's a terrible person. She, right. she sings a whole song about having all of this shit. She's, she's made her life's too boring. She can't show up for the performance where she's the, like the, the star of honor where they're introducing her and like, she's famous for being a very good singer. She's just too not interested in, you know, I mean, I get that that's the, she's bucking against authority, but like she goes immediately to the sea witch for help because right. she, she needs to chase down a man who's, Name she barely knows, who she just happened to save because she was stalking him. I mean, the whole thing is just a zoo. <laughs> yes, and you know, listen to your dad. You know, this is also this is also one of those Disney Disney hates parents kind of deals where mm-hmm. King Triton doesn't deserve this. King no, Triton he's just kind of a yelly. All, yeah, he, he gets a little he fired up. Her, but like, what? You never yell at your daughter? Like, come on, I've yelled <laughs> at my daughter plenty. I mean, this is not a. This is not a. Uh, this is not a new thing. Um, I just don't. Uh, yeah. It's just Sometimes I think I might have been a little more sheltered than I realized because I think these movies affected me. I was like, oh, look, he's yelling. What? What a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I yelled at my yeah. daughter. Cause she need, cause she needs, she needs yelled at sometimes. Uh, as anyway. as I often say to my older daughter, just follow the instructions, and we can debate it afterwards. <laughs> right. Exactly. All righty. <laughs> oh, we got kind of got fired up over that segment. <laughs> I didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to be so emotional. Anyway. All right. In our final segment we're going to talk about video game conspiracies and this came from you ty and uh, so i'm gonna let you uh roll this one in sounds good i know this is a bit of a weird one and it's been on my list to talk about since i watched bandersnatch that choose your own adventure movie on netflix it was like a black mirror movie it's a black um, oh, yeah, yeah yeah it's a black mirror thing uh anyway the the red pill blue pill guy for lack of a better term morpheus in 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 this movie <laughs> is another uh-huh. video game programmer and he has the main character over and he basically he's like take this acid with me you know 
and he starts ranting about all these conspiracy theories and, and rather than me try to describe it, I'll just read you the rant that caught my eye that I wanted to talk about that led me down this hole of video game conspiracies. So he's talking about the government monitoring people and like he goes off and says like they pay pe- people to, they pay people to pretend to be your relatives, they put drugs in your food, you know, they, they, they surveil you. And then he says, there's messages in every game, like Pac-Man. Do you know what PAC stands for? P-A-C, Program and Control. He's Program and Control Man. The whole thing's a metaphor. He thinks he's got free will, but really he's trapped in a maze, in a system. All he can do is consume. He's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head. And even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze, what happens? He comes right back in the other side. People think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's a fucking nightmare world. And the worst thing is, it's real and we live in it. It's all code. If you listen closely, you can hear the numbers. <laughs> he says there's a cosmic flow chart that dictates where you can and where you can't go. I've given you the knowledge. I've set you free. This is like, it's like season one of uh, True Detective. It's like, it's a very <laughs> morose take on, on a video game of... You know, you're not going with the with the Scott Pilgrim Puck Man. Um. Well, that's the real thing. That's reality. I mean, this is just for this movie. But I loved this idea that everything in your life is fed to you, and like it's very uh, DARPA MK Ultra stuff. And I, this is the only like conspiracy thing that I like give some credence to. Not that this Pac Man thing is real, but <laughs> but like you know about the San Francisco fog and stuff where they did like expose the pop the population to like low levels of chemicals they've never admitted to it there's like a lot of evidence that it happened anyway these are the only conspiracies i get into which is like this whole period of time between probably i don't know 1948 and 1978 that the government was kind of just like let's we, see what these people can take right we need to, we need to know certain <laughs> things about yeah. the hu- like humans yep i mean it's a it's it's a funny it's you know this is it's not the first time that people have just that have that particular um thought that you know the government is running <laughs> high level experiments on just just random people I mean, just and then following them around i mean that's a this is a uh this is very uh sort of invasion of the body snatchers kind of uh that that level that era of paranoia that cold war that cold war thing um i think it's funny i don't i don't know exactly <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. I'm sure it happens. I'm not. I mean, I'm in the. I'm in the era now of what would surprise me very little. Like you know what you know what would I what would I wouldn't I believe? It's like oh right. I believe that. <laughs> it's hard. It'll be hard to surprise me in this day and age, uh, in terms of you know what drug companies do to people or what or what you know quote unquote scientists are doing to people. <laughs> This was supposed to be a lightweight topic. It it is? (laughs) Well, I was going to, the segue here was that I was going to tell you that that led me down a path of like what other kind of video games have people had theories about? And so I found a few favorites that I wanted to share with you. Um, This one is more of a straightforward, like the unspoken backstory. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Pokemon. I'm old enough that I only like barely touched on it when it was a Game Boy thing. Okay. Um, You probably didn't. I'm sure you didn't play it at all. My, you know, but, my my son collects Pokemon cards. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, he's, I've watched some of the cartoons, but I mean, I'm not a Pokemon person. No. So in one of the in the red and blue uh, Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue games, uh, there's no male adults in the game, 
And so there's this theory that the whole game takes place at the end of a large scale global war. And this is a, it's actually a post-apocalyptic video game uh, that, that uh, the clues about the society are that, you know, you play as a younger boy. Um, you're the main villain, Gary, <laughs> uh, Gary is also a boy and there's no male parent figures throughout the game. Um, the, the trainers all send their winnings back home. They're all children or young adults. Uh, cops and nurses in the game are all female. <laughs> if you encounter any men, they're on Team Rocket, so they're evil. Um, and then, like, you run across a, a, a damaged veteran who alludes to uh, previous conflicts in the past, and that uh, your electric Pokemon could save you during the war. So, the, like, are they gearing the children up to fight another Pokemon war? Is, this, <laughs> is that what this is for? Well, I mean... And if we're going to go back to, if we step back to heroes or heroes who are actually villains, it's like Ash, definitely, <laughs> definitely a villain. I mean, they're, they're enslaving sentient animals to fight each other to the death. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, Pokemon are, they're intelligent. They have, they talk, sure. they do, they, they have feelings and emotions. Oh no, let me just capture you in this ball. And then every time I let you out, you need to fight to the death against Charizard or some such nonsense. It's like, right, this Pikachu's got to be like, what is this bullshit again? <laughs> right. like, well, can I... <laughs> at least Pikachu is, at least Pikachu gets to stay out of the ball True. for the he most part. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, a whole cavalcade of other of other animals who are just basically enslaved. Are they in status in there? I mean, do they just, do they, can you imagine just waking up and every time you wake up, you're in this giant cage and there's another Pokemon in there that you have to fight. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, what a nightmare that would be. The horrible thing. (laughs) My, my favorite Pokemon take too, is that Ash is actually really crappy at being a Pokemon trainer. (laughs) He can barely win a fight. Like he can't get these, I I don't know enough about it to get into it, but it always makes me laugh. Um, my the thing I wanted to ask about that is what is going on with the Japanese culture that there's so much mythology about like having to fight monsters. I don't know they're into it. I mean, I it, it comes from a it could, maybe comes from a martial arts uh, a history of martial arts. I mean, that might perhaps be, that might be that might be something, but it's pretty funny. All right, Think next on my list was uh, the ones that I really remember happening. So. The Legend of Zelda, the original game in 1986. Um, there is a dungeon map that people thought was shaped like a swastika. <laughs> and they got really upset about it. Um, like I, It was a big controversy. And then it was one of those things where everyone learned that this is the the, the one the, the swastika that faces to the left. The, the Hindu symbol of peace. Right? Sure. You know that the, the swastika yeah, yeah. is like a corrupted symbol uh-huh. of peace, right? Yeah, yeah. But like people are uneducated and don't know that it's not the same thing. Like... I. I've been to uh, temples where the it looks like there's just swastikas all over it, right. <laughs> it's, but they're they're facing the other direction, so it's not the same symbol. The um, there's a there's an excellent comic book series called Blade of the Immortal, which actually there was a movie that came out not too long ago that I haven't seen, but uh, the uh, main character M- M- Manji uh, he wears that symbol on his on his on his on his clo- on his on his robe. And the very, the absolute very first prologue paragraph is a whole explanation of the symbol and what it means and where it came from and that he's not a Nazi. <laughs> he's not a, a Ronin Nazi in medieval Japan. Well, anyway. reclaim your symbol of peace, Hindus. We support you. Yeah, seriously. Go for it. All right, next I've got the, uh, in late 2000s, there were reports that 
Saddam Hussein was stockpiling PS2s. <laughs> that in just a few months, 4,000 consoles had made their way into Iraq after the release of the PS2. Is it because and he it was, loved to play Fight Night? Because Fight Night for the PS2 is still awesome, by the way. Uh, I mean, if you believe what you saw in Vice about the Iraq War, that might have been it. Because there was a lot of video games and VCR, like uh, VHS tapes in the palace and a whole lot of not nuclear weapons. <laughs> um, but... The concern was that so that Saddam was stockpiling these 128-bit processors because it was the only way he could get computer chips into the country to build a missile guidance system. So the okay. theory was that yeah, he was buying thousands of PlayStations in order to uh, advance his nuclear program. It, this would make sense to me in like 1985. In the year 2000, it just sounds like, I don't know, more trumped up fake intelligence <laughs> right like um you know you could just get shit pcs from taiwan or whatever i mean really it's you don't need to get ps2s they're way too expensive you could just get you could just you know ebay it wasn't some... silk road already operating in 2000 <laughs> yeah yeah this is yeah that seems that seems silly they just wanted to play they just wanted to play madden and then to bring this full circle um, back to DARPA, I, I wanted to touch on one that I actually am not familiar with, but I was hoping maybe some of our listeners might be, because apparently there was a uh, a arcade cabinet game released in the early 80s just in suburban Portland um, called Polybius, I'm going to say, P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S. Uh, this game would cause players to suffer, suffer vivid... Shut up, timer. Suffer vivid nightmares, and in some cases, suicidal tendencies. There was a powerful strobe effect in the cabinet, uh, forcing certain players to fight epileptic seizures. Uh, the game vanished, and just never, nobody ever saw it again. And so it became this whole theory that it was put there by DARPA to test rep- uh, response to psychoactive machines, and that there were reports that once a week, uh, men in black would come through and collect the data stored on the game's memory. <laughs> I was hoping that you might be. Once I saw it was localized, I know you weren't in the area when you no, were in the early eighties. No, but. I'm, I'm not. I'm not familiar with uh, Polybius at all. But it's, <laughs> it, you know, I don't know. How else are you supposed to get people to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada? Right? You just <laughs> you, you gotta put a video game and figure out who's good at it. You know, if you told me the maybe, government had put a video cabinet like in the arcade and that if it was giving people seizures and shit, I would have run down there to play it. No, no, yeah, well, that, that's I not, can do it. Maybe they're test. Maybe they were testing people for psychic power or something. That wouldn't that be cool? Maybe it gives you powers if you have enough seizures. This is a terrible. Oh, that was not a good joke. Of course, <laughs> of course. The exactly. It just it just yeah. You know, just it makes you a it wakes you into from sleeper mode into active mode. The uh, that go. being said. Uh, the guy who owns the rights, the writer and the creator of The Last Starfighter, will not sell those rights to anyone. He's been offered millions upon millions upon millions of dollars by Spielberg and all these other people so they could reboot The Last Starfighter, and he won't sell. He just won't do it. We need Can The Last Starfighter. Rip off the idea? <laughs> we need The Last Starfighter back. This, this is such a no-brainer. It would be so awesome to have The Last Starfighter back. Anyway, now soon enough we'll we'll have VR right on a regular basis, and then that will no yeah. longer be a thing you you're concerned with. Well, I mean, Alex Rogan's what? He's like fifty five years old now, sixty years old. He could come back to Earth. It'd be it's so good. It'd be Maybe so he could find a young child who he knew was going to be the last Starfighter, and then not tell him about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trick him into doing it. Yeah, exactly. 
And meanwhile, yeah. he's just trying to kill some actually not evil alien race so he could take over their planet and use their resources. Yeah, yeah or just impress some girl. That would be the, that. Sure. Would be the, that would, <laughs> that's as good a reason as any. <laughs> All right. Well, Ernest. thank you for that trip. weird trip down weird memory lane. God. I really enjoyed Please. the Pac-Man rant. I, I can't recommend Bandersnatch, but if you find yourself with some free time and, and you want at least a... I don't know. It's a fun experience. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to find the. Uh, I'm going to need to find the essential Black Mirror, um, like ten episodes or whatever. That I just need to watch, watch them all. They're all worth watching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll maybe not the very first one. You could skip that one. <laughs> I don't skip the first one. Just, yeah, you kind of do. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll read about them. it and then you decide if you want to watch. It. <laughs> I'll just. I'll just binge them all. I'll just. I'll just enjoy it. I'm just saying you don't have to watch the first one. It, it's it's anthology, so it doesn't inform the rest of the series. No, well, okay. Right. Well, uh, as we prepare to go into the OT, now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready? Dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right. Are they good? Last week actually was not horrible. I didn't want to. I didn't want to kick myself in the balls. After hearing those jokes, but is this week is this week a is this a return to form? <laughs> it's somewhere in the yes. middle. We're in the middle. It's All right, you ready? Great. Yes. <laughs> what do you call a tube with a degree? Uh, I don't know. A graduated cylinder. <laughs> My printer must be a Bob Marley fan because it says the paper is jamming again. <laughs> because it's it's hooked on reefer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, how did the hipster burn his tongue? He drank his coffee before it was cool. <laughs> Anytime you can burn on hipsters, I'm good with it. Uh, what's the favorite? What's a what's a fortune teller's favorite vacation spot? Palm Beach. Mm. What's Whitney Houston's favorite type of coordination? <laughs> And I, I. My wife appreciates you not making me do that into the microphone. <laughs> you're welcome. And last but not least, I hear you're going vegetarian. I think that's a big missed steak. A big missed steak? Yes. <laughs> that's it. My my the the joke I have is actually no better than those jokes <laughs> this week i was i was struggling i was struggling but here's what i came up with my furniture and i have a lot of history my lazy moe and i go way back <laughs> okay know. all right yeah whatever uh, yeah. That's, that's a i think i thought it was a solid that's a solid offering it's not spectacular but i think if you had the whiteboard you could have tightened that one up a little bit <laughs> they, they <could laughs> the whiteboards the lack of whiteboards killing your game they, i i have i do uh, i do have some now some whiteboard space right. in the hallway in the in the sort of the walkway area that i've cordoned off for dad jokes of the week and so fantastic i'm, I'm trying to uh, i'm trying to um spin it back up a little bit you should get yeah you need uh co-worker submissions I don't want coworker submissions. Those, those people aren't smarter than me. <laughs> uh, all right, in the OT, we—I uh, don't know—we've—we've—we've—we've we've, uh, we've gone over this pretty heavily in Twitter over the last few days. But um, a couple of days back, uh, our U.S. women's national team, playing soccer in France at the World Cup, took on a 
team from Thailand who they pretty much throttled 13-0, which yeah, like as World a Cup soc- record for goals. <laughs> as, as, as a soccer, as a from a soccer scoring standpoint, is, you know, I don't think I don't think the United States has scored 13 international goals in uh, in the last decade. <laughs> it's 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 close. Anyway, but the uh, but there was a lot of there was a lot of a lot of discussion back and forth about this, and my perspective was: I think that you can, you know, if you're scoring 13 goals on on a international team at the World Cup, that well, my first my first step into this was: I don't think you should score 13 goals on another team in a competitive situation. I, I think it's. I, you know, initially my 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 uh, my thought was that's that's somewhat untoward, right? It's it's not it's not respectful or within the bounds of a bounds of sportsmanship to run up a score that high on a team that obviously is inferior. And and that was my that was my initial that was my initial reaction. My 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 thinking has evolved sort of since then that. That I think you can you can and probably should take that opportunity to work on things, and if you score thirteen goals, fine. You know what I mean? You're you're essentially professionals. You know, there's there's uh, even though Thailand is a far inferior team, they did qualify for the World Cup, so they they're there. Um, I think what 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 I evolved into is I think that the that the the over the top sort of celebrating after about the sixth or seventh goal got, I think maybe that was what's getting at me more so than the actual scoring of the goals. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I, you and I talked about this already, but my take was that score as many goals as you can goal differential counts in group play and your seeding in the knockout round may win you the tournament. So they, they're not going to need 13 goals. You don't know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, Thailand's going to get rocked by at least two other teams. Well, okay. So poor, poor Thailand. <laughs> yeah, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> They're four foot ten goalie, just getting just shelled. <laughs> this is so bad. I felt so bad for. Uh, there's a couple of things. Um, I don't remember, or I don't. I guess I don't know what the actual substitution rules are. But it's not like you can line change, right? It's not like you can get the entire bench up and get the whole back and get everybody some run. Hmm. So you know they maxed out their subs. Um, a, a number of the women were scored their first ever World Cup goals. And I think that sometimes when you see maybe some of the, I know that I think Megan Rapinoe took a lot of that shit for over celebrating, and she's just she's extra. And, yeah, and I so mean, and that, yeah, she was the one who generally was jumping on someone's back or like yeah. like going over the top. And, and I don't just, mean that in a pejorative way. I just mean in the no. sense that every time I encounter her, she's going hard at whatever she's doing. Sure. So I think that goes for celebrating as well. And I think it's that scenario where she's probably genuinely extremely happy for these other women who had an opportunity and, and scored a World Cup goal. And, you know, maybe the only one they ever scored. I mean, I don't, I, again, not familiar enough with the roster down the down toward the end there to understand who is going to make an impact in the future and who's not. But I can understand getting excited for somebody. And then in the case of Alex Morgan, she's literally setting records. So I get it in soccer because the scoring is generally so you know, limited, that it seems much worse than maybe other sports would when you run it up like this. But I, how else can you set records? 
and, and do, doesn't every individual athlete really wouldn't they love to have individual you know like a record to your name like i scored the most individual goals in, in, in a single world cup match of all time yeah and i think and that's and that's again where my my thinking is sort of evolved and i think i have to take myself out of the fact that this isn't this isn't little league you know what i mean i think that there's a there's a there's certainly a difference between between running up a score when you've got 10 year olds out on the pitch versus when you've got international squads out on the pitch i mean that's the that that might be that might be the dividing line but 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 i think that but i think that it just got distasteful toward the end in terms of just the celebrating i think there's i just I just think you could be just a little more calm about it. I mean, you wouldn't do that to, I mean, there's still people. I think we forget that, that athletes are, are still people. <laughs> the joke, the joke that you made is like empathy ends at the, at the touchline. Yeah. <laughs> but it does it, does it? I mean, isn't the, isn't the point of sports, like, especially, you know, women's sports and to, oh, easy. To, easy. Hang on. Hang on. Is to, is to, again, to, 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 to build to build each other up, right? I mean, there's a there's a certain there's a certain stigma about certain men's sports, and then I mean, there it's a different thing. It's it's you know Why? attitudes are well because because I don't know it just is I don't know I mean men and women are different people they're different kinds of people. I would and say societal a, expectations around that is well, true, but I don't know if that's necessarily true on a human to human basis. I don't I, think that there's any that I, I don't think you can say that by default these people are have a predilection to behave this way versus i think that's more societal norms than anything else so i I just i just think as an organization that is trying to gather steam and 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 build a reputation you know build a market and build an audience around the world cup a 13 a 13 zero result doesn't build interest in the world cup as a competitive, as a competitive, and and I, know, I mean, man. especially early round stuff. I mean, now it's just like, oh, if Thailand's there, no one's gonna watch that game. I mean, there's just there's there's no there's, you're, the teams that no one was ever gonna watch it. No one was gonna watch. No one in the U.S. was ever gonna watch some other. Well, I mean, not I shouldn't say no one, but I don't think that I I disagree with you that it affects the overall interest in the tournament. You're gonna say Thailand just got outclassed. Well, I mean, it'd still be interesting to see what happens then when they play a different team of uh, uh, that's made up differently. I mean, you know, like like anything with sports, matchups are are key. So I don't know what their advantages might be against other teams, and I would still be interested to see that. Now, I get where you're coming from. I don't like the idea that somehow it's different than men's sports in some way. I, I definitely don't agree with that notion. Uh, I think that. You know, I, I think it's very unfair to have a double standard for for men's and women's sports and say that, you know, that men would be lauded for a killer instinct or being a hardcore competitor or, you know, people love Kobe Bryant because he's an asshole. So it's not like they were taunting the other team. And now I get where you're coming from. You can certainly feel like it's distasteful uh, to over celebrate when you're, you know, curb stomping somebody in a competition. But as long as you treat your opponent with respect, I... I but were they treating them with respect? That's the that's the point. The point is, was there respect? Well, what's the involved? right number of goals? When do you stop? I don't know about. I don't. I've seen I don't men's know. World Cup. Didn't Brazil beat France seven to one like six years or eight years ago? I mean, I just. What's the difference? Well, the difference is that from an opponent's standpoint, from a, I mean, they're, you know, one team wasn't obviously inferior. 
Like they had, they had similar records. They had similar, I mean, you just get beat. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what happens in sports, but it was obvious that Thailand was a far inferior opponent. Okay. And I mean, I certainly remember that. I probably don't remember that Brazil instance correctly. I, too many of those games uh, to keep them straight, but the game where Ronaldo, sco- Ronaldo scores a hat trick, original Ronaldo. Uh, <laughs> that Ronaldo? Well, now, not back then. <laughs> Uh, hair wedge Ronaldo. Uh, well, like I said, that's both of them. Uh, he scored a hat trick, and like they were just running through the back line. It wasn't like there was any real defense, and they were scoring. You know, it's almost at will, basically. And I guess I don't really see the difference. And I get why people are upset. I just don't know if there's any real reason to be. Yeah, I mean, the people people bring up you know the dream team versus Angola, where you have the dream team running. Oh, they win by seventy. <laughs> they win by seventy, and. Dis likely, you know, distasteful. <laughs> I mean, throwing alley oops and, you know, doing, you know, whatever, triple yeah. behind the back passes and and just, you know, making them making people look bad. But you know, again, it it's sports, and in in a lot of ways, you have to just sort of you watch it in the moment and you get a feeling about it. And that was my feeling about it. And and I hope it doesn't. I mean, I don't think it's going to cause any long term damage to anybody's reputations or anything but just in the moment i felt like i don't know just felt it just felt like a little much to me i get where maybe and i don't think that i don't and i wouldn't and i wouldn't say that you know i wouldn't say it had anything to do with them being men or women i just think it had to do with here we have somebody who's here we have a team that is far superior to another team and and are just you know not just not just scoring the goals, which is which is again is fine to me, but it's just the it's just the it's just the the, the over the top celebrating all the way through to thirteen. Okay, oh. <laughs> that's that's me when I just don't have anything to offer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fine. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that's our show. So our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod this week. Please know that we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, where I want to remind folks, because I tried to do it myself again today, and you can't find our show by searching for it by the name on Spotify. You actually have to use our Twitter handles, and since we didn't mention them at the top of the show, this is probably a great time to do so. What can we search for you on Spotify, Chris? At CD the Listenor. And you can find me at S-E-A-T-J-K, and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week, running up the score on you, but until then... Peace! Peace!